Today's Braves Bits is sponsored by Margaret Thatcher's Dreamcatchers. Do you want to deregulate your dreams? Interested in swallowing your nightmares via uncompromising politics? Well, then you'll love Margaret Thatcher's Dreamcatchers, the first ever item to combine the highly regarded Native American and First Nations nightmare-protecting creations with the sheer force of the Iron Lady. The sun never sets on the British Empire, but when the sun sets in 2020 or 2021, make sure you're protected from bad dreams with their trademark Thatch Dreamcatchers, which will ensure any nefarious dreams will be stamped out like British trade unions between 1975 and 1990. Margaret Thatcher's Dreamcatchers, available wherever Boris Johnson & Johnson products are sold. We got some breeze bits. We got some Fantastic. Shout out to Margaret Thatcher and the Rye. It's a great ad. Shout out to Margaret Thatcher's Dreamcatchers. We actually have, uh, our sponsors have been getting some sales. Uh, one of my good friends, I attended his wedding virtually. His name is Brainiac2KO, as he wants to be referred to on the pod. That was his AOL screen name, AIM screen name. Brainiac2KO Brainiac said he thanks me for his wedding gift and said he was going to buy a yearly subscription to Waluigi squeegees. Wow. So, Huge. The squeegee business is booming. Yeah. Shout out to the Brainiac. Congrats on getting married. And that. said, and said Brainiac said he was also interested in Stacy DoorDash. <laughs> Stacy DoorDash is absolutely fantastic. Our, our, our ads are we're peaking. We're making money. We're making money for our, you're supporting our sponsors. You're supporting us. Well, our sponsors all owe us a ton of money, but that's why we have our Patreon. Exactly. That is exactly why we have our Patreon. That's where we make the big bucks. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to subscribe, subscribe. Do you subscribe? You can subscribe. Patron. Patron Tequila. Take a shot of our Patreon. I think people will enjoy it. We put out our first off-menu epi last week. And we did a, a, a power lunch date at Balthazar. We did, and it went well. It was fun. It's an absolute blast. Yeah, Braze Bit slash Patreon. We're going to, I think, start every episode and spend five minutes talking about Patreon because it seems like very successful podcasts do this, even though when I listen to them, I say, who would ever want to listen to this? All you talk about is your Patreon. But people listen, so maybe that's all you have to do. You have to be bland and talk about Patreon. I think we, I think we get, give them a little teaser. If you like Braze Bits, if you want some more content, people want to see the Patreon. Give them a little taste. Give them a little little touch. But I, I got some feedback from from some of our first Patreon subscribers, aka my parents. Nice. They 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 they, they subscribe. <laughs> They're supporting the pod. They listen to the Balthazar episode, and they said to me that I've actually been to Balthazar. I didn't remember this. Wow, that that's a huge development. Huge development. I've been to Balthazar, but we went for brunch, and it was many years ago. And I and think I got like an omelet. But I remember the pastry basket. Both of those things I don't think were on the menu that we were looking at. It must be a compliment, complimentary pastry basket. They are kind of like known for their bread. I'm getting a knock on the door. Hold on. Wow, I hope it's the millionaire next door. We got some breeze bits. We got some breeze bits. They're coming in hot, so ready on hopper I thought at first it was Kay at the door, but it was, sounds like a different woman. Very bubbly voice. She's looking for a package. 
Yeah, she's a neighbor. She actually uh, is doing, has done like these series of concerts outside uh, like our apartment. It, like a, a balcony con- a fire escape concert. But anyway, she was with the UPS guy who can't seem to find someone in our building to deliver a package to. So she's helping out the UPS guy. And I think they're going door to door. Wow. Yeah. Maybe she should hit up Stacy's DoorDash. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that was that was amazing. That was some live live delivered live knock on the door during Bray's Best. The kitchen's always open. Should we keep it in the pod? Well you, I'll listen we, back. When, we'll when see. You listen back, we'll see how it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean, we're, we're talking about Balthazar, the pastry bag. Oh yeah. So it must be because they have like a bread window, so they must be known for their, their breads. Yeah, my Bre- parents both said the bread basket was divine, but other than that, nothing really stood out. The bread basket I, I've heard is divine, but I feel like you want a more Anders home style meal. Sure, absolutely. I do enjoy an Adam Divine bread basket, but it, it does make you work a hog for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of a chocoholic. Okay. Count chocoholic. Count chocoholic. I don't have anything there, but that's interesting. You've been there. That is a classic thing, you know. Also. Something I meant to bring up when we launched our Patreon, interested to who, you know, would subscribe. And I was shocked. I got to give credit where credit's due that our very first Patron is none other than Will He Won't He of the pod, Wack Goldberg. Yeah, I I got to bite my, 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 I don't know know what I'm going to bite. I guess I got to bite the bullet and and just, I I texted him. I, I thanked him. I haven't got, I haven't heard from Wack. I don't know if he's still listening to the pod. I think it was more of a statement. Subscribe. We'll see how long he stays on as a Patreon member. He he started making demands. He said that now that he's a Patreon member, he wants to see a uh, a calendar that have pictures of both of our bodies. I don't know if he wanted it to be <laughs> suggestive, but I'm not taking demands. We're not just because he subscribed doesn't mean we're taking demands. But I appreciated I appreciate everybody signing up for our Patreon and shout out to Whack, the first non Whack movies made in a while. I love it. It was a plot twist I didn't see coming. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. it's I don't, I'm left me a little bit speechless. You are speechless in Seattle. But we 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 want more subscribers. We want more people signing up. We'll make up and make up great content for it. Yeah, we'll mark. I think we'll market it. We'll be annoying about it, but we won't be so annoying about it that you'll stop listening. Unless you stop listening, then. That'll be you're the you're in charge of your life. Sure, we would love if you subscribe to our Patreon, but we also know that maybe you have to buy like nice peanut butter. Right. So Justin's why not? Peanut butter is pretty expensive these days. Ju- Justin's peanut butter is expensive. I actually got it when we took our trip to Vermont. We got some nicer stuff, and I bought Justin's peanut butter, and it was like seven dollars. And I said, this is good, good. Good butter. I said this is good butter. So some people might be balancing. It's like okay, what's the better? More, what's more flavorful, Braised Bits or Justin's Peanut Butter? Right. I understand that's and a also, dilemma. I'm confident sure. that our product just has to win out over other products. That's we got to let the product speak, and that's right. that's what we do. You're in Los Angeles, charger of your life. It's Jacob's dilemma. Whatever you want to do, but I also want to say you can still listen to Braised Bits and not subscribe to your Patreon. We still support. We still love our Brazerbacks. No, I listen to a lot of podcasts and don't. I don't subscribe to their Patreon. So just because you don't subscribe to me, we don't love you. We love all the Brazerbacks, far and wide. Yeah, we love all the Brazerbacks. This is true. 
But welcome to the Braves. This is episode 51. We're, uh, we're over the 50 mark, entering our late 50s. Area 51. This is alien territory for us. <laughs> this is. It's out of this world. This is, it is out of this world. I, I don't know. I could, I, I'm still a little bit uh, mentally have to reset after the, the UPS search that just happened. I felt, <laughs> I felt bad because I wasn't, I didn't wear a mask when I opened the door. And now I'm like in my head, like, should Were I? They both wearing masks? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. But they knocked on my, they knocked on my door. And then it's like, I had to, I would have to search for a mask to open the door. How often? I mean, I, I never get anyone knocking on my door. We've heard my, my doorbell gets rung, which I ignore. How often do you get someone to knock on your door? Once in a Amstel light. And it's not a natural, it's not a, a natural light response to hear a knock and then your first instinct to put a mask on. It's a whole new world. I know. When someone knocks on the door, I'm, I'm trying to greet them. But... If someone knocks on the door now, I have to I have to mask up. I have to be ready for some sort of adversarial interaction. I'm not I'm not about that. I'm welcoming people into my doorway. Next time you'll put a mask on or else you'll be knocking on Evan's door. Heaven or Evan? Heaven. What about Evan? Knock knock knocking on Heaven's door? I, I I got it, but I thought you said Evan. Because we have that slight New York accent where we don't say the H's. I like that. I I, I Heaven and Evan, there's no, there's something there. It's, it's when people say huge, which is an easy huge. one to, to point out, but it's a little, it's a minor version of huge. <laughs> True. Knocking on Evan's door. Knocking on Evan Williams' door. It's not as huge, but it's it's something. It is something. Holy mackerel, we're really into it, Lance. We're really doing it. Really cooking up beds. This was a interest, like the flavors. I think we put on the pan so hot that we didn't expect it to heat up so quickly it's like the other day when i cooked i made croutons out of bread and i put them on the pan and bread gets hot real quick yeah, like i burnt bread, the i gets real toasty i almost burnt the croutons but they ended up being perfect because i was like wow if i didn't pay attention these would have been burnt burnt the broker but they're perfect jay crouton i mean I I haven't made a homemade crouton since the 80s. I made homemade tortilla chips actually last week, and I had a similar experience. If I, they were in there 30 more seconds, it would have been burnt crispy tortillas. Tortilla tequila. Nice. Got your own members. Subscribe. All comes around town. <laughs> All comes around town. Got anything else? Pre Any previously on Braze Bits? No. <laughs> How about you? I don't think so. I mostly just I wanted to give credit where credit is due and shout out to Wack Goldberg. I did. We shared this off pod. We'll share it on pod, I guess. Pod nemesis Eric Seidel texted me over the weekend and said, accused you almost of saying that your number one Adam Sandler movie, which we won't totally give away in case you haven't listened, your number one Adam Sandler movie from last episode is only your number one because at some point, I haven't seen this movie, but at some point, a doctor is called for, and the doctor is Dr. Seidel, and he said that it subliminally, sh- subliminally shows your love for him. It's definitely subliminal. It's, it's, not, it's not anything I'm conscious of, and it's just this classic Seidel, what a maniac reference to reference of a, a scene in a movie where his name is on the loudspeaker. I have no idea what he's referring to. 
Seidel always showing the weirdest cards. What a megalomaniac, but I love him. Hey, I think it, it, he might be pointing out something deep in your subconscious of the Braze Bits brain. It's possible. I was actually listening. I, I saw you posted on our YouTube the, the origin story of <laughs> Eric Seidel. I did. And my first reaction to it, it was, it was, it was his first feedback. I'm saying that we were going too quick and he couldn't keep up and that we should slow down a little bit. And at first, I was like, that's a great review. We are, that's spot on. We're going really fast. But then started to turn on, turn on and being like, stop trying to, to, to manage, our, manage the kitchen, you know? He's like in the movie Chef when Dustin Hoffman comes in and right. says... Controls the menu. Yeah. But the only difference is that Seidel isn't our benefactor. No, not even close. We're cooking up what we want to cook up. Seidel can come in from the clouds, make a deal or no deal, but we're not making a deal today. I'll make a deal. You make a deal. I'm going to make an ordeal about it. David deal. Deal Parmesan. Ooh. Deal Armstrong. He was the first guy on the moon. Love that. Oh, I, I, I don't think he would want to keep this a secret. If he does, I'll ask him and if he take it out, but let's congratulations to Phil Jackson. Oh, this past weekend. huge congratulations to Phil Jackson. That was, that was honestly one of the highlights of my, Me my too. week. Me too. I FaceTimed with him after he popped the big question. I got emotional. It was fa- unbelievable just the joy and love to see in their eyes. And uh, just congrats. Our top, one of our top Razorbacks getting hitched. Most of the Not time? Yeah, got engaged. Most of the time you log on to Instagram, it's a cesspool of sadness and people overcompensating for their failures. But this was just Phil Jackson with positive Phil Jackson energy, making that not a triangle offense, a heart-shaped offense. Exactly. And the best part about all, well, not the best part, but something that I enjoyed out of all this was that, you know, someone gets engaged, they post it on Instagram, there's a bunch of likes and there's a bunch of comments. In the comments, I saw a friend of mine that I had no idea knew Phil Jackson, said congratulations. Wow. Turns out they're friends. Totally, it's like a, a very random connection. But that's how the triangle offense works. In that's fact, amazing. after the Braze Bits Open that we, we did about a month ago, I don't know if you remembered. Uh, Do I remember the Braze Bits Open? I don't know if you remember the Braze Bits Open, but I left. I had no idea we did that. I left. And said, I have to, I'm going to dinner with Kate and like a, a friend, a couple friend of ours. And this, it happened to be this mutual friend. That's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's wild. The Braze Bits universe, man. It's, it's, it's a magical place. It's where love gets created. It's where everyone's connected in the Braze Bits universe. I was going to say that the Braze Bits universe works in mysterious ways, but it really just works in garlic salt. <laughs> it does. It really does work in garlic salt. It adds just a burst of flavor to everything you do. Speaking of bursts of flavor, do you have any highlights? I got a couple of small little highlights. Uh, oh, I talked about last week I, that I bombed on a stand-up show. I had a bounce-back show last Saturday. I performed at the Tiny Cupboard, this rooftop show, rooftop venue in Bushwick. And it was a, a real hot crowd. I, was, I bounced back, had a hot set. Uh... That was pretty much the biggest. And, and also, I'm not sure. Do you watch Sunday football? Here and there. This was a juicy slate of football this past Sunday. I've been really enjoying watching Red Zone because the Jets stink. And the play of the season so far was uh, 
Kyler Murray throwing a Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins the last couple seconds. Unbelievable, inconceivable. Guy's got huge hands. It made my jaw drop. Just uh, electricity. It, just, just fun to watch. Yeah, that was definitely a Thomas Edison moment. I, I saw, I saw that. It was very impressed with the catch. That was a good catch. You got it. NFL Red Zone. I, 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 I only, I never personally subscribed to it. One year when I was living with roommates, they had it, and I mean, it's just you can make a indirect line to Red Zone and the end of civilization. I can if you want me to, or we could leave it alone. Up to you. You can. I'd probably rather you don't, because I love it very much, especially when the Jets stink. It's great for fantasy football when you want to keep track of your different players and hop to different games. Though it can get overwhelming. It's hard to follow like the narrative of each game and see where they're at. But it's exciting. I, I watch football literally from like 1 p.m. till 7.30. It's, and I'm captivated. Storytelling is essential to the propagation of the human species. Red Zone removes storytelling from the equation. It just creates chaos. So if you live in a red zone world, you live in a chaos world with no real rules other than that there's no narrative or storytelling. My, my guy, Scott Hansen, he does his best to, to keep the stories going. He's the one main, he's the narrator of the story. He does, he's, has an impossible job. It's impossible to keep all the stories juggling in the air, but he's, he's fantastic at what he does. And I, you know, it's also your job as a viewer for red zone, I think, to have a laptop open or something else to kind of keep track on your own. Because it's not designed for a story, for one, to keep track of all the stories. Hanson may be bopping around, but I'm, I, just, I just said what I said. You did say what you said. And also, a small highlight is that NBA news, NBA is kind of back. NBA free agency has started back this week, and I just love, I love the, the NBA storylines. There are a lot of stories going on. James Harden might go to Brooklyn. You got Chris Paul going to Phoenix. NBA's got juicy storylines, which I, I really soup it up. What do you think about Russell Westbrook maybe going to the Knicks? I'm very, very torn about it. I don't know if I would. I don't think he's a like a, a great leader, but I think it'd be exciting to have him on the Knicks. It'd be fun to have the rivalry with, with uh, Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, Knicks v Nets. I would, I would be excited to have him, but I don't think they would make him like a contender if he came. Chicken tender. Russell Russell Wilson is great, but Russell Russell Westbrook is my kind of player. Westbrook is your kind of player. Yeah, he's one of my favorite players. Really? Yeah. Why? Because he is competitive. He he's not there to make friends. No, he doesn't have a lot of friends. And just like me. Yeah, but you're more of a you're a team player when it comes down to it, and you're not. You're, you're a team first guy. Russell sometimes puts himself above the team. I think I should be more like Russell Westbrook. Actually, case in point, I went to a show on Saturday uh, on a roof, and I could have like forced myself on the show. I wasn't booked, but I was just like, I should just go, just to show my face, you know. And I don't. Should I give it away? It was a shawl. There was a shawl involved. Don't know, I don't know I think I know it. One of our Braze Bits guest hosts was running this okay. show. Okay. And I could have forced, I could have like, you know, how people force themselves on shows. Yeah. I could have done that, but I 
was there for a bit and I saw that it was going to run way too long anyway. And you can't just do that to an audience. Like you can't, but then I'm like, well, by not like even really trying that hard to get on the show, am I, I'm not putting me first. Russell Westbrook would go on the show. Westbrook would have probably like demanded his way onto the show. But I think I I do the same thing as you. If if, uh, showing face and showing up, it's kind of you, you saying, in a non-verbal way, like I, I'd like to go up, like just your presence alone. So it was a decision of the producer at the end of the day to be like, we'll throw you up or not throw you up. If you wanted to be more aggressive, you could have been like, hey man, if you got any, hey horrible men, if you got any room, I'd love to go up, but just showing up. Well, it was sort of floated to me and I was like, if there's room, but I really don't, I didn't come here. I basically said like, I didn't come to get on. Oh no. That's, so, so that's, and then you're, t- you're taking a step back three, fade away. You're not even leaning into it. Yeah, but I just, I, you can't, that's the problem with comedy. I've, I've like been in charge of enough shows where you don't, just because someone is lingering around, you don't want to feel like you have to throw them up. It adds that's a lot of, it adds a lot of undue pressure to the people who are producing the show, especially if the show is going to be way too long to begin with. And it's not like, you know, the relationship, now it's a little different, but it was cold you could tell the crowd could only it like the amount the, the length of the show already exceeded i think the amount the crowd could handle that's fair it's just cuz it was cold and you know how you you've been to a comedy show they could run a little too long sometimes and by sometimes Absolutely. i mean most of the time right but the tiny gubbard they do a good job because they, they they do a bunch of shows in one night and they keep it to like an hour and 15. So they got pretty quick shows. Yeah, I got to get to this place. But it's 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 been my my happy place the past uh, during the quarantine. It's, it's always been solid crowd. People there are choosing to be there. They're happy. It's very scenic views of the skyline. I highly suggest it. Yeah. You got any highlights? Uh, yeah, on Friday night. We were almost out of paper towels, and we don't have a dishwasher. So we go through more paper towels than the average household. And I was thinking, like, okay, well, we only have this one roll. I made, I was making pizza, and I thought, well, it could be really dicey if we only have this one roll of paper towels, and pizza could be a lot to clean up. And, like, what if we run out of paper towels while we're cleaning up. So I went out and bought a pack of six paper towels and we had enough. I'm sorry. I just started tearing up. That was one of the most moving emotional stories that just captivated from the first line. I didn't know where you were going to go with it. I didn't know how it was going to end, but it was like a hero's journey. It was, I'm, I'm proud to be your co-host proud to, to know you and just bravo mazatos I, I i'm choked up it was so fulfilling that the pizza it, or it, getting the paper towels kind of both i don't think the pizza would have been as good if i wasn't so secure in the fact that i knew we weren't going to run out of paper towels that's it like you're in your 30s for sure type thing i want to do this what do you think what do you think about this for a bit one of the things about just being in your 30s is when i would run out of garbage bags for example used to just go and buy the cheapest one, wait till they all run out. But now I go there and I say, hey, do you have packs of 10,000? 
I think it's good. I think that's, that's great. We, we buy in bulk. Yeah. I, I don't know where you went to buy the paper towels, but I actually went to go purchase paper towels to stock up. And my local CVS fully cleaned out. People are starting to uh, store up again for another lockdown. People are, people are buying in bulk, hoarding these paper towels, toilet paper. Stores Connecticut. You say Stores Connecticut? Stores Connecticut. It's where UConn is. Is it really? Yeah. I went, I went to visit UConn when I was looking at colleges. There's a lot in stores for you there. There was a bunch in store. Nice campus. Well, that was an unbelievable highlight. I think one of your top nine highlights of all time. I think um, so. It's, it really speaks for itself. Should we get into our top nine? I think, do you want to leave it for tomorrow? Let's, you know what? I think we've, we've had, a, we have a, we've had a huge episode already. We're going to save some for tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, we fast forward to tomorrow. It's it is tomorrow, and guess what? We're having some leftover braised bits for lunch. We're having leftover braised bits. This week is top nine leftovers. Top nine leftover foods. This is an interesting top nine. I feel like I had more leftovers growing up as a young lad. Now living alone, I have a decent amount of leftovers. More I have leftovers when like I come back from visiting my parents and they give me frozen meals. But I, I'll, I'll have a decent amount of leftovers. Do you eat a lot of leftovers? For a few years, I was having leftovers every Sunday night on HBO, but right. no longer. Oh, I'm a huge leftover person. I, leftovers, a good leftovers make me, it's one of the great joys in life. Because not only are you saving money, which is huge, right? But yeah. you're also giving something a second life. Or you're giving it an evolution. You're letting it reinvent itself. Maybe it had a 10-year career in banking, thought it was evil or didn't like it or never was able to kind of get a solid footing in the career, went back to school and became a teacher. That's right. the story of leftovers. Right. I can't, I can't argue that. Leftovers have a they have multi-dimensional aspects to them. Leftovers let you know I'm more than just what my job title is. I'm a proud father of three. Meals. <laughs> what about write-overs? I, I don't even... I can't I even believe either. you brought that up. I don't know where I was going with that. I was more... I'm, I, I myself am a lefty, so... Leftovers and lefties, we go hand-in-hand. Write-overs, more like game-overs. Game-over. On that little riff. Yeah. Beautiful. So we're doing top nine leftovers... This, this should be interesting. I think we already know one of your most controversial. It'll be interesting to see where it lands on the list. I'm probably I'm expecting it, but I'm still going to be blown away by it. Hoping it's not your number one. Why don't you get on base, Lance? I'll get on base. Top nine leftovers. My number nine is cheesecake. Nice. This could really be any cake or pie-like dessert. I love when there's a cheese... Cheesecake, I think, is the most... For me, it's the most common... I like cheesecake a lot. I specifically remember this marble cheesecake that one of my good friends, who I don't know if he's been a, a pod character, we'll call him the Roman Holiday. Because he grew yeah. up in Rome. I don't know what the Roman Holiday, it's a movie. I don't know what it's about. Neither do I. This guy grew up in Rome? Very yeah. Cool. But anyway, the Roman Holidays... Chabella. Yeah. Uh, for his birthday... I don't remember. So, someone got him a cheesecake, and 
Marble Cheesecake from Pinheiro, which is this really, really good bakery in the East Village. And we had, the, it was like a gigantic marble cheesecake and we just like ate it for the next two weeks and it was unreal. And by unreal, I mean it was, it was real, but it was just really good. Really good, right. Yeah. That's a dessert. Good I didn't even think about cheesecake. I didn't really even consider desserts as leftovers, but it's true. Like once it's baked and once you have a slice of it, it's considered a leftover because it's, it's, it's leftover. Yeah. And like we had this cherry pie last week and my, my father-in-law brought it over for dinner. We had it that night. It was great. But then the whole week it's like, you could, you could kind of like rest on your laurels a little bit. You're like, Oh, we got that cherry pie. (laughs) Pies. I feel like cherry pie. It's not as good as fresh baked, but cheesecake. It's it kind of almost like, like you said, it adds another dimension over time when you put that in the fridge. The cheese gets a little more dense, a little more firm. Yeah, and it's just a remind. It's a reminder of the good times you've had, and the reminder that like no matter how difficult the day was, you still got that cheesecake. Right. Absolutely. That's the difference. I think dessert is a little bit different as a leftover because you might be tempted to have it during the day, but it's pretty much a faux pas. Oh yeah. And it can really it can really set you back. It's it's dessert one of the, at lunchtime, dessert in the afternoon. I mean, how do you recover from that? Yeah, I mean, you just at that point you got to dessert your whole day. <laughs> Number 8. <laughs> Number 8 is mac and cheese. Going double cheese. Cheese obviously a great leftover thing. Sure. Mac and cheese, I feel like I had this quite a bit growing up. Every Thursday, actually, we would make mac and cheese. It was, I wasn't really ever allowed to cook growing up. Uh, I'm not really sure why. I was discouraged I from you cooking. You weren't allowed to do a lot growing up. You weren't allowed to watch like, your own TV shows. You weren't allowed to cook. I feel like uh, well, young Lancey was really uh, really, really kept, really kept in tow. <laughs> yeah, I was really kept in tow. The only thing, I played a lot of one-on-one basketball against my brother, and I also a lot of times went and found wiffle balls in like there was like not there's like a kind of woods around our house. It wasn't like real dense woods, but you know it's like Tiger Woods. And nice. I would go into these wooded areas and find wiffle balls, and that's, that's kind of what that's I did. A blast. Yeah, going into the woods looking for wiffle balls. That's that's captivating stuff. Yeah, it wasn't quite like the hero's journey of getting paper towels, but that was most of my youth. And a lot of times I would do this like barefoot and without a shirt on. I could see a montage of you, like a, a young montage of, of Lancey barefoot in the woods looking for, for wiffle balls. Yeah, that's that's yeah. mostly what it was. It's part of your journey. Yeah. And then you would have mac and cheese every Thursday? Every Thursday, yeah. And Brand? Craft? No, would, we would make it. So it'd be like, I don't know, Barilla? That's a pasta brand. Sounds like something. Barilla in Manila. And yeah, like elbows and then, you know, mac, cheese, whatever else goes in mac and cheese. But there'd be leftover a lot and it's a great leftover item. You could have it cold, you could have it hot. It's a versatile leftover item. And it's probably better fresh, but these days, if I had a mac and cheese, I would just, you know, douse some hot hot sauce on it. It's kind of a, it's a new, new day. Sure. It's a beautiful day. You too. Nice. That's a good one. I didn't consider that either. I feel like I didn't grow up in a mac and cheese house, especially we have Thanksgiving coming up. And I've always 
kind of wanted to have mac and cheese as a side. We never have it. I don't know if it's just not a part of our uh, family's culture, but I love mac and cheese. Don't have it enough. And I think having it as a leftover probably sounds delicious. My number seven is a whole chicken. How are you going to have a whole chicken leftover? You're, you're going to bake it and then be like, oh, I'm full? You're not going to have the whole chicken, but the whole chicken is going to leave a hole in my stomach the next day <laughs> for leftovers. We're thinking about getting... This is what quarantine life has turned into. On Sunday, I went to get sausage, but then I was also like, oh, let's get a whole chicken and cook it sometime this week. But then I realized that we're going to have the sausage on Monday. Tuesday, we're recording this pod, and it didn't make sense to make the chicken. You can't braise bits and a chicken at the same time. The kitchen will get way too overheated. So then on Sunday, I was like, well, I don't want to buy the chicken today because then it'll sit in the fridge until Wednesday. And now I'm like, well, we have turkey in the ground turkey in the fridge. So my life has just become talking about when to cook certain meats. Sure. And I'm not against it, but it's a far cry from, from last year. It's a huge, huge far cry from last year. Last year, we planning out dinners. It's, 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 it's bananas. We were, we were doing bits every night. We're doing yeah. shows. Now, now you like, maybe I'll have a whole chicken in a couple of days. I don't know if I'm gonna have time for it. Like that's the most stressful thing in our lives. Not the most stressful. That's like, yeah, it's bonkers. I'm just planning out this chicken. Then I also like, don't know if I want to walk there. I hurt my ankle and it's like still not, it's kind of causing me some problems, but that's annoying. yeah, but, um, Anyway, you, you roast a chicken, you have it for dinner, but you're clearly having more. Then you could convert that chicken. That chicken could be all these different religions. Number one, no religion is against it. It's not like a pig where if you're Jewish or Muslim, you can't have it. So the chicken, one day it's going to be Protestant. The next day it's going to be Jewish. The next day it's going to the mosque, you know? Maybe it's could be even, atheist. It definitely could be atheist. So. Yeah. I'm just amazed. It could be religious. What's that? Religious, like less, less of religion. The Bill Maher documentary. I knew it was something. I didn't remember. Do you like Bill Maher? I like his. I, like, I watch a show. I don't like his monologue. I watch the panel. I like the panel. I don't like him specifically, but I like him as like an interviewer, moderator guy. I haven't like delved enough into him. I feel like I like him, and then like he's someone that if you listen to him too much, you like him less. Oh yeah. His stand-up, like his opening monologue, is cringy. It's awful, but he's very smart, and I like the, I like when he talks and interviews people. Do you think that's what people say about us? They're like, we like them initially, but they're just insufferable. I sure hope so. I hope so too. I'd love to be marred. <laughs> anyway, but the chicken it could it leads several lives, and one day it's it's just a roasted chicken. The next day it's a chicken salad. The next day, it's a chicken pot pie. The next day, it's Chicken Little. I just, I appreciate it. I I haven't haven't delved into the roasting the whole chicken yet. I made chicken thighs last week, but I haven't, uh, the whole chicken overwhelms me a little bit. It's intimidating. We had a question. uh, I forget who sent it, but we had the most overrated cut of meat, which we answered three times because (laughs) it was part of our lost episode saga. But an interesting question, I think, is the most underrated cut of meat. And I would say the chicken thigh is the most underrated. Absolutely. 
hundred percent. It's it's the biggest revelation I've had during quarantine and this whole pandemic is my love for chicken thighs and I how I just really can't get over them. I can't. I don't get sick of them. I've been making them a lot, pretty much every week, and I feel like I've been fine tuning my my brine, my seasoning. It's it's just fantastic. They're fantastic and they're so inexpensive for how good they are. Yeah, hundred percent. Chicken thigh, Joe Thiesman. The end is thigh. That's my number seven. Beautiful. My numero nueve, my number nine, is meatballs and marinara. I had first put down meatballs and spaghetti, but I was thinking to myself, I'm not a big spaghetti guy. I'm not a big pasta guy. I am more of a meatballs and marinara guy. Oh, I made some meatballs a few months ago during quarantine. I made a bunch. I refrigerated. I feel like they are even better as a leftover. Reheated. The meat, the marinara, the sauce, a little aged Put it back in the oven, get crispy, get a nice crispy piece of bread. Meatballs and Monero is leftovers, Lance. I'm not sure you can beat it, but I'll show you eight more. It's my number nine. They glide gr- gracefully along the ice. Marinara Lipinski. That's a good one. That's a, Marinara Lipinski is pretty good. So is Meatball Marinara. I mean, it's a good option. I, I briefly considered it. Ultimately, I decided no, but... The one thing I don't like is, I guess, so what? what's your reheating? Put it back in the oven. Did you say that just now? I didn't say I don't think you I didn't said say it. I, I throw it back in the oven. Yeah. So I think throwing back in the oven, the Alexander Ovechkin, is probably the smartest move. But you have, that whole thing when you have to wait for the oven, sometimes I'm impatient and I can't do it. And I have to you either have, nuke it? If you put it in the microwave, it, the flavor, it's going to kind of, it could ruin it potentially. Yeah. That's my thing. I'm not a big... I'll talk about later if my leftovers, but I don't love nuking leftovers. I feel like it's a whole different flavor than putting it in the oven. Duke Nukem. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's it's the whole problem. I mean, if you're making a whole chicken, you got to do the process of that. Leftovers, it's like an extra 10, 15 minutes. Get the oven cooking. I know. There's something with me in leftovers where I feel like they're already made. I don't have any patience. Like, to me, they're ready. They should be ready to go. I know that's weird. And I think I'm hypocritical about it because I'm already thinking about certain things on my list that require care after the fact. But yeah, but if you have it in the oven, I mean, it's it's undeniable, unstoppable. It's like a Citizen Echo Drive watch. Wow, free free ad for the Citizen watch. Yeah, my number eight. I don't have it that often, but when I do, God dang it, am I is it finger looking good? It's fried chicken. Now, it doesn't, the crispiness doesn't stay up after a couple of hours, not even an hour. But fried chicken it has a whole different flavor profile as a leftover. It cold, the breading kind of molds the chicken a little bit more. The breading has more of a flavor, I feel like, when it's less crispy. It's a different, it's a different meal, and it's fantastic. I prefer probably cold. If I had fried chicken, I don't know that I would reheat it, because I think it would just be, I'll compare it to its original form, which it's not going to ever be comparable to. Cold fried chicken, delicious. It's my number eight. It's a good one. I thought about fried chicken as well. Ultimately, I decided to go with the whole chicken. Nothing but the chicken. <laughs> but So I didn't want it to be... I didn't want to have too much chicken. You want, yeah, you, you want it for the whole. I get it. Yeah. Fried chicken is great. I agree with you. Cold is the better way to go because you don't want to have to compare it to the original form. The only problem with fried chicken, I think, is if you let it... it it's great the next day. But if you let it like two or three, 
for four yeah, days, it it's pretty weird. It gets pretty weird. So it's okay. like an immediate leftover. But who sure. who's waiting to to not eat fried chicken? Nobody. No. Yeah, that I would say for the majority of my leftovers, it's in, I'm thinking next day. Yeah. I'm thinking next day eating. My number seven, it's pasta salad. It's the it's non mayo pasta salad. I'm thinking about my I've talked about my mom's pasta salad on here before. It's I think it's even it's much better and I prefer it as a leftover. I think you put it in the fridge, the flavors combine more. Uh, the olives, peppers, the cheese, the pasta, it all kind of combines into one flavor profile. It is impeccable. It gets better over a couple of days. Probably the one leftover that I'll have a couple of days later. It's insane. It's addictive. It's bad for me. But I can't get enough of it. It's my number seven pasta salad. Pasta salad feels like it's leftover when it's fresh. <laughs> that's, that's spot on, 100%. Yeah. I have a pasta salad dance. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Lance just put his, pretty much did some jazz hands there. <laughs> yeah, it's me mixing pasta salad. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> it was pasta fingers, man. Those yeah. were some dangly pasta salad fingers. Yeah, I'm mixing it <laughs> up. Lance is on one. I feel like Lance, that, that knock on the door just read Lance's engine. He's, he's just, uh, he had a spark in your eye that I haven't seen in a long time. Maybe it's paper towels also, that whole adventure. L.A. Sparks. Bubba Sparks. Sparks fly. Taylor Swift. Very nice. Yeah, that's all I got on pasta salad. That was number seven. That was your number seven. My number six is sesame chicken slash orange chicken, tangerine chicken, general so's chicken, kind of that type of chicken. Uh, Chinese, American, really American Chinese, Cantonese, um influenced chinese food just a tremendous leftover meal i feel like chinese food american chinese food leftover is maybe the best leftover cuisine just the way it is able to be preserved but also reinvented is unbelievable a lot of times at one of my top nine restaurants lotus east which we talked about on the pod in our top nine restaurant episode, a lot of times we would have leftovers, especially whenever we went there because the portions were very generous and we would have leftovers. And I was always so excited to have the chicken because it was just tremendous. And that is something you could have in the microwave. And yes, it's good. It's really good. It's so good. It's sesame chicken is my number three. It's, I think it's it's probably the best microwavable dish out there, and I agree. American Chinese food is it's impeccably it's impeccable when it's when you microwave. It's one of the best leftovers, probably the best leftover cuisine, like you said. I have sesame chicken and lo mein. I feel like lo mein also holds up pretty well in the nuke. Lo mein, lo mein is also great. Lo Gucci man, it, it's it's fan, it's it's super Gucci. It's making me hungry. I also just re- I remember when you said fried chicken, I was like. Well, I already had whole chicken, so I can't have another chicken. And <laughs> I know. Then you had sesame I had sesame chicken. It's a whole different ballgame, though. Sesame chicken, Chinese food, it's a whole different uh, atmosphere. Chicken. I don't have anything to say. Chicken run? That was something. Chicken run or something. Yeah. The, the one thing sometimes that gets in my way, which I, I've learned to hold my nose, is leftover Chinese. When you open up the container from the fridge when it's cold, that smell is rancid. I feel like you might like that smell, but I, that smell sometimes gets in my way 
and if I don't, if I get a big whiff, I might throw it out. It's terrible. I think it's. I mean, obviously, I think it's great. You got to appreciate it. It's, you lack an appreciation. Rancid. No, it's rancid Caesar. It's awful. It's a cultural obstacle that's easy to overcome with a little bit it of open mindedness, just a little. <laughs> not even. Not even. Not even a lot. <laughs> My mind is open enough to it that I'll, I'll suck it up the, and if I can get to the microwave in time. But that smell, it, it sometimes it's like, how am I choosing to eat this? But then you microwave it and the smell is totally gone. That sesame, that, that Chinese flavor smell, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I also don't know this for sure, but certain American Chinese food places that are more, you know, less health conscious, I guess you would say, yeah, not the not the most healthy ingredients, and I could oh, imagine yeah. got that MGM grand. Yeah, yeah. But number five, I got. This is a bit of a generalization, so I apologize, especially to our Indian listeners. We have a number of Indian listeners. This is a dish more no more so known in India, but curry. We've Steph. been having a fair amount of different types of curries over quarantine. Kate has really embraced the curry game. All the all different types. A lot of like tomato, coconut milk based curries. Oh, always really good. Kind of varied. And what I really like about this is that when we have it left over, the next day I'll make it. But what I'll do is I will you know take the rice and the curry, and I'll just kind of put it in a pan, and it becomes this, like, fried rice. Like, the curry, I kind of reduce it all the way down, and it basically becomes this very flavorful fried rice situation. And it is something that's completely different than the original meal. Maybe just as good. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes, obviously, the original meal is is significantly better, but it's a reinvention of the original, and it's excellent. This sounds delicious. I haven't, I think I've talked about it. I haven't really experienced enough curry and Indian food in general to even risk having leftover. I, I haven't, I haven't tried any different variations of curry dishes. I like Steph curry. I know that. So I'm, I'm, I had like the soups, like the coconut broth that you're talking about, the curry broth. I've had that once. That sounds delicious, but I haven't indulged in cooking with curry yeah so this is a this is like if i had the original dish the way it was left over i don't think it would be as good as like the way the the way i'm recooking it which i imagine is pretty common like clearly i'm far from the only person who has ever done this i'm sure this is super super common but it like is a great use of of next day leftovers instead of seth curry you're, you're more like the patriarch you're you're del curry right now you're 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 leading the family i'm the farmer in the dell you're a dell computer nice. number four i got cold steak so you're you're saying to me that if you get leftover steak and you're gonna eat it you're not gonna heat it up generally no almost always no i feel like this is probably true with it's also true with other types of beef and it might also be true with sausage. I actually had a one leftover sausage for breakfast this morning. There's something about when you <laughs> when you cook <laughs> when you cook meat, and I'm particularly thinking of steak, and you cook it, 
and then you put it in the fridge. The it's like the combination of the fat from the the beef, but also what you cooked it in, like marbles or or something. And I think it creates a type of flavor that doesn't exist necessarily in the original version. And if you heat it up, it that like it escapes from the from the steak. And I almost prefer that kind of like it's like a combination of like fat and flavor from a colder a cold cut of beef. That sounds absolutely insane. I, I don't. I, so I have steak higher up on my list, and I, I'm I'm throwing that on the oven. I'm I'm heating that bad boy up. Cold steak, cold like when you said cold sausage, I vomited in my brain. I've never done that before, but my brain upheaved. What it, like, it's not meant to be cold. Maybe if you're having cold cuts, if you're having uh, tartare, cold steak. At least throw that in the nuke. No way. And your brain threw up. I mean, I could yeah. see, I could see if it was having like, like way too leftover Cortex Mex, but, I mean, I, I actually I go, I googled this earlier today because I was wondering I was like, is there any science behind it? But my Google search yielded no results. It just led me to like <laughs> weird discussion boards where people are like, I like cold steak. I may, I mean, I'll, I'll admit I've never had it, so I can't really say that I don't like it. But I can assume I don't like it. Don't knock it till you tried it. You're gonna love it. I can tell already. It it feels like it's a type of leftover that's tailor made. Callaway golf to Jesse. Taylor Ham, I could try cold. Tailor made, I don't know about that. It's just I I, I can imagine it has that a cold steak smell grosses me out. It doesn't uh-huh. it doesn't smell like anything. It's gotta smell like beef. I didn't smell it. I didn't even smell the cold sausage today. Maybe I have the virus. Hope not. That's that's a wild move. It doesn't put me. I don't. I'm not surprised that you do that. But cold sausage. What in the world? It wasn't on my top nine, but I was. I'm just saying there's some sort of element of the whatever you're cooking it in, combining with the fat, that makes for this great flavor. And then I think when you heat it back up again, you lose it. It escapes or something. Home Alone Two: Escape from New York. It's escaping for a reason. It's, it's escaping me want to try it fair enough all right that's your number four yes hooky dokey my number six you talked about sesame chicken i have number six is a chinese chicken salad which is already cold starts off cold this is a little out of left field but i've had it enough to know that i love it left over most salads and this including this salad it gets a little wilted it gets a little soggy but for some reason the chinese chicken salad the sogginess Enhances the flavor profiles, the mandarins, the noodles, chicken, cabbage, the wonton noodles. They all kind of combine with the sesame dressing. It is, you throw it in the fridge and the, the coldness just brings it all together. It's it's nothing like a regular the salad it is in traditional form. It's like combines into like clumps, Mr. Clump. It's delicious. It's my number six Chinese chicken salad. So I never heard of this Chinese chicken salad. I just looked it up while you were talking. So I apologize if I didn't have my attention. You've never heard of Chinese chicken salad? No, but now I'm seeing it. I've like seen this before. I've seen it before. Yeah, you but I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I had never had it leftover, so I couldn't tell. I don't even know if I've ever had it non-leftover. It's fantastic at Panera. It's, it's, I've had it in, in grocery stores. They have it in like the prepackaged salad 
area. It's 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 you can make it on your own. Obviously, it's it's, it's delicious. You can make it on your own. I'm trying to. I'm now. I'm thinking of a chicken salad that's like independent, and it's it's like I'm not going to Applebee's. <laughs> I'm gonna do it on my own. Yeah. The one at Applebee's. Yeah, that's that's the best version of it. That's funny you said that. They have a great Chinese chicken salad. I feel like get that and the boneless buffalo tenders. Yeah, I'm trying to. I it's, yeah, I'm I'm reading it. Chinese chicken salad is a salad including chopped chicken and Chinese culinary ingredients that are common in parts of the United States. The many we don't need to read it, but yeah, you never. I've never seen it at a Chinese restaurant, which is funny. Yeah, that's that's what I'm kind of thinking, but I don't even know if I've ever had it. But it it's a bunch of stuff that I'm that looks good, and it sounds it's good. absolutely scrumptious. Yeah, make a big batch of it. It's great, fresh, not soggy. But if you have leftovers, it's 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 pretty solid as a soggy sal. Give me a soggy sal. Soggy bottom. My number five is brisket. Brisket is another one of these, which I think is probably better as a leftover. Especially my mom's brisket. I've talked about it. It's the best brisket in the world. She makes it and then freezes it and then. When you reheat it, just the crispiness around the edge of the brisket, the tender it gets more tender on the inside. The flavors enhanced. You can't get enough of it. Jacoby brisket, the number five. It just it gives me all the feels. Reminds me of all the Jewish holidays, being sent home after a holiday with a tub of frozen brisket. She, I used to when I was in college, I would come back to the dorms with brisket, put that in in the you can you can microwave it, but you gotta throw it in the oven. The oven's the way to go. Number five, it's brisket. So I know because it's COVID, you can't have large gatherings indoors. But in this case, I would personally risk it for this brisket. <laughs> That's I'm not even going to say it's a contender. That's the title of the episode. Risk it for the brisket. I'm not. I, I want to name my baby that. Risk it for the brisket. It's a long name. It does not smooth. It's going to get made fun of in elementary school. But I feel like you have to shorten it to like RB. And then people would say, RB, what does that stand for? Risk it for the brisket? <laughs> They're like, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, my, my dad was pretty weird. You ever yeah. listen to, to Braised Bits? <laughs> <laughs> Braised Briskets. Risk it for the brisket. 100% it's worth the risk. Yeah, Grab yourself a brisk. Remember those those iced teas? Lipton. Brisk. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't think they were good. They were really sugary. I remember them being like super sweet sugar. I haven't had them since the 70s. Yeah, I don't think I've had one since McCarthy was accusing everyone of liking uh, Minute Maid. Minute Men, you mass. That's right. right. My number four, this is another wacky one, and I'm not sure many people are going to, I'm not, I'm not sure many people are going to agree, but I've had many of these as leftovers. It's mozzarella sticks. Another one that it's, it's, it's cheese. It gets better. You throw it in the fr- doesn't get. It's it's much different than the hot mozzarella sticks. Whole different experience, obviously. But you throw it in the fridge, the cheese firms up. It's like a string cheese with breading. It's, it's that's exactly what it is, and it's delicious, Lance. You're shaking your head. I want to shove a mozzarella stick up your nose and around the corner. You don't it's know. Delicious. You don't know what I'm shaking my head about. I'm shaking my head because I. This episode is dangerous for me. I'm so hungry i want to just go into the fridge and eat all the leftovers i want to conjure up a mozzarella stick leftover a mozzarella stick i mean to me that's pre-quarantine food and it's making me think about just sitting in a booth 
There's an NBA oh, yeah. game going on. No one's paying attention. Oh, yeah. I mean, what could be better? Then you, someone says, are you, fin- you going to finish all that? Do you want me to throw it away? And you say, you know what? I'm going to take these two sticks home. Take those sticks home. If you there's them- anybody that's ever thrown out mozzarella sticks, they should be locked up and throw away the key. Mozzarella sticks never go bad. Throw them in the fridge. They turn into gold. You put those two sticks, you strap them onto your feet, you ski on home. You take them off. Maybe in this case, you live in a walk-up, but there's an elevator somehow. So you're taking the elevator up, put them in the fridge, you clean them off. Then you, how do you have, you put them in the oven? No, I'm having them cold. You're having cold. cold. You're having cold? Wow. Even cold. Mozzarella sticks, it's, it's similar to my, I don't want to talk about my number one, but I enjoy them cold. I, I throw them in the fridge. They firm up. They got this, there's a different flavor. Like it, it's, it's like string cheese with breading on it. It's delicious. So you're knocking me for the steak cold, but it's it's a similar magic, I think, that happens. Yeah, but cheese, it's originally cold. You could have cold cheese. When are you ever going to have cold steak? Who's, whoever is serving you cold steak? Well, it's originally cold, too. The, the cow is cold. The meat uncooked is cold. But unless, you're, unless you're having tartare, binks, you're not having cold steak. That's I'm cool. knocking on I'm, 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 I, I did knock it. So I'm not going to knock the cold mozzarella stick, but I would prefer to even microwave it. I'd prefer get that I like the microwave mozzarella stick. It gets too floppy. I love when the cheese like escapes from the mozz stick. Yeah, and you have like the bread and then the cheese and oh man, it's, I'm, it's Adam Devine. I'm getting dangerous. You might have to bail me out of jail for robbing TGI Fridays. You're too big to bail, Christian. Gareth, Gareth Bell. Number, that was your number four? Yep. My number three, you know it's coming. You've been dreading it, and now it's here. It is sushi. It's just, there's some sort of, you know, I'm I'm kind of a decent proponent for routine. I never really, I think secretly I always was, but the quarantine has really brought it out in me. I think you need certain elements of a routine in order to, maintain your sanity and your dignity. And there certainly are routines and rules around breakfast. And I really don't agree with any of them. I think the fact that you have to have only certain foods or breakfast foods and then having foods that aren't breakfast foods for breakfast is crazy. I just, I've never agreed with it. I don't really understand it. And I think it's limiting us and our individual potentials. Sushi is a perfect example of this. And just the combination of that sticky rice and fish is just a divine. I mean, as I said a few episodes ago, a certain roll, like a salmon roll, is really just bagels and locks in a different form. And I think people got to get over it. Sushi is a great breakfast. I would have it for breakfast all the time if it was an option. Leftover sushi is i mean you have to have it you can't let it really the problem the only issue with it and the reason why it's number three is you if you have sushi that night you kind of almost have to have it the next morning you can't let it last more than like 12 or 15 hours but it is just it makes you it makes you remember the good times that were had it keeps the party going leftover sushi you had a great night with sushi what night with what night is not going to be made better with sushi the morning is an extension of the night. No one wants the party to stop. With leftover sushi, it doesn't have to. Yeah, 
I I knew it was coming, but it still it does still shocked me to hear it. it. It's it's jarring. It's it's Steve. It's Belushi sushi. It, it's it's coked up. I, it's a it's a wacky move. I don't think it should be had for breakfast. I think it should be illegal. To be honest, the thought of it makes my 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 throat throw up, which is the normal way to throw up. So, um, I'm glad it's your number three and not your number one because your, your number one, my head might have popped off my body. Just the, just the idea, the smell of it in the morning time, leftover, it can't be great. I I don't think sushi is as good as delivery. I don't think it holds up. I think you need either eat it at the restaurant or like pick it up and immediately go home. Delivery sushi, I don't think is as good because it, it just gets all wilted and it's not fresh and in the container too long. It's not meant to be, Lance. You're out of your mind. You're out of your element. I'm blocking you up for this. Lock me up, throw away the key, but just make sure you bring some sushi to myself. I'm going to make sure you lose cell service in there because you don't deserve contact with the outside world because of that take. Could I at least have contact with a sushi restaurant? Are sushi restaurants open for breakfast? Or do you know any sushi place that serves breakfast? No. Because <laughs> that means that there's not a market and there's not enough of people like you who are like... Yeah, and it's uh, a problem. I mean, have you heard of an Italian restaurant being open for breakfast? No. But does I that mean meatballs Does that breakfast. mean chicken... You just said meatballs were your top nine leftovers. But I'm not having them for breakfast. Well, when are you I'm having them? them left over for lunch or for dinner. I'm not going to wake up and chow down on some meatballs. You're waiting that long? You're going to have... So you're saying all of these leftovers you're having for breakfast? I mean, they're all so great. It's like really just a delayed gratification thing. I want to have them as soon as possible, generally. ASAP. Rocky. Rocky. I, no way. No way, Jose. I'm, I need to have a lighter breakfast. I need to have something light on my stomach. Eggs, omelets, bagel, something, something easy. That's the thing Cheesy. with like, like eggs. Like Eggs are great for breakfast. I'm not denying that eggs, but to me, they're not light. They're eggs. They're kind of heavy. They weigh you down, or they they fuel you up. But like, I don't see the difference between eggs and like a meatball. To be honest, <laughs> eggs aren't meatballs. Eggs are in meatballs. You don't see the difference between eggs and meatballs. Like a bacon, egg, and cheese is a heavy. That's a heavier. That's a it's heavy. a heavy breakfast, and it's a classic breakfast to me. But bacon and eggs. Bacon and is is if you have one or two strips, it's not that heavy. I don't know. I just don't know. Sometimes I look at this world and I say, is this really the best we could do? And the answer is no, because we're not having sushi for breakfast. At least in America. I'd be interested in Japan if sushi is had for breakfast. It'd be interesting to see. I remember at my summer camp, there were some kids from China there and they had like uh, udon soup and like a couple noodles and like noodles breakfast, which was interesting. But that makes more sense. That's, that's lighter and easier to eat. Yeah, I think I think it is a Western. I I don't I don't really don't know the answer, but I do think the the way that we think about breakfast is not so much universal as it is cultural. Sure, but sushi just is. It's I think it's it's world renownedly not breakfast. To you, my number two. I think you're gonna have it in your top three. Maybe you won't, but it's pizza. You have it. Sure do. I'm going to wait because I want to wait to see what you have to say. Okay. And then my number one, it's a little bit of a, it's a little cheating. So you might be mad at me. 
But my number one leftover is other people's leftovers. These days, it's really just Kate, my wife's leftovers, but just having like, so if she goes out to dinner with her friends, she doesn't eat everything, she brings it home. I get to have a meal that in no other universe I would get to have. It's creating an exponential amount of possibilities in a place where no possibilities existed. I didn't go to that dinner, but now I went to that dinner and I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to spend the money on the dish. I didn't have to interact with people. I got to enjoy secondhand, but I'll take it, this dish. And I feel like it's a similar function to, I think I've gotten over this a little bit. And I think part of it is because my cooking has improved during this. But you always think that food that you didn't cook yourself is better than food, right? And I would say the same thing about leftovers. If there's a pasta that you've already eaten compared to a a pasta, it's, it's, it's a new experience. It's, it's a just, whole new world. It's it opens up a whole new world. A world, in fact, where it might be not only socially acceptable but encouraged to eat sushi for breakfast. You don't know what world you're stepping into. And I also like. I mean, eating other people's leftovers is a time a tried and true tradition of causing controversy especially if you live with roommates, people eating leftovers that weren't theirs. I do love that game. It, certain situations have different um, rules. Like in my growing up, pretty much if there were leftovers and they weren't claimed within three hours, I would just claim them. You savage. Yeah. You're a madman. With like roommates? No, with roommates I was more... You can't do that with people that aren't your family. Yeah. But I would be more aggressive. I would, I might, you know, I might cold call. I might say, hey, <laughs> I see that. What's uh, the deal with this, <laughs> say, this sushi? What's out? the deal with this <laughs> eggplant parmesan? It's just sitting in the fridge for days. <laughs> Are you going to eat it? You're going to eat it. <laughs> I, I've been Are going you, back and forth in my head about it. You eating time? You're eating the eggplant. <laughs> so I, if you're I not like going to eat it. I, <laughs> I want to meet it. I want to meet it right now. I like the idea of eating. Plant that eggplant in my brain. Lance is losing it. Lance is Lance is leftover. His brain's leftover. I I like the idea of eating other people's leftovers. The only caveat I would say is I need to see or be around the people in the first iteration of that meal being eaten. As someone is coming home from a restaurant and I wasn't there, and they're like, oh, I, I had this leftover steak and, and size. You're welcome to have it. I, I don't think I can do that because I, I, I need to know if, like, did they put their fork in it and then they took a bite of it and then they took it off the fork and put it back in the plate. I get a little germy about that. But if I was at the restaurant, specifically I'm thinking, like, with my, my parents or with my sister, and, like, I see that they didn't even touch their food. Like, oh, you want to take this home? That's ideal. That's a whole new experience. That's a that's an absolute treat. You get to have a whole new meal as a leftover. But I don't like the idea of like I don't know. I need to I need to see where my leftovers are coming from if they're not my leftovers. For me, it's don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> that's crazy. What what if what if they literally put it in their mouth and they're like, ah, I'm too full, and they spit it back out and they go, like, oh, we'll give this to Lance. He'll eat like a bird. I mean, if I don't know that, then 
what doesn't what I don't know doesn't hurt me. Ignorance is a cheese blitz. <laughs> yeah, my, my mind just gets a little uh I get a little I think brain also I thinking worst case scenario. I, I mean you know I love a worst case scenario. Scenario? I can't speak. But you know scenario? You know I love to plunge my mind into the into the Cascadian subduction zone. But you do. When it comes to food, I just think it's unlike like I don't care. Like I think the likelihood of whatever you said, someone like putting food in their mouth and spitting it out, no one's doing that. Not doing that, but like maybe they're using a knife or a fork they licked and they're they're cutting up the food with it. That kind of grosses me out. I could care less. Especially if you reheat it up, it kills all the germs. Yeah. I like I, I do like that idea of all the people's leftovers. That I mean, a, a, I also I also think it's uncommon in life in general that you're having leftovers of someone who's like I don't know. I feel like it's either a significant other or a family member, almost always. And right. if it is, if it does happen to be a roommate, if there's like a gross roommate, you're not going to be interested in their leftovers anyway. That's a good one. Didn't see that coming. All right, my number three. We talked about it. It's Chinese food. I got sesame chicken and lo mein leftovers. We talked about it. The best sesame chicken is unbelievable. Reheated. We went over it. My number two is steak. And I have here just steakhouse leftovers being like the steak, but also the sides, like a cream spinach, oh, uh, yeah. hash brown, oh, boy. All, all the sides, especially at a steakhouse where usually I feel like by the time the entrees come out, everyone's pretty filled up. So in my experience, there's a decent amount of leftovers at a steakhouse. Take those home. I'm throwing the steak in the oven. I'm not having cold steak. I don't know this fat theory of it makes the cold steak I uh, probably does, but I'm, I'm throwing it in the oven. It's going to probably get more closer to well done, which is fine. Throw the leftovers in. You're having a steakhouse meal at home. It's, it's just an absolute treat. I've had that many times with my my parents, but they don't finish a meal, and I'll, I'll get to finish their steak. That's fantastic. It's, 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 it's an absolute treat. I'm not going to have cold steak, though. Yeah, I mean, everything you said I agree with. Being able to replicate the steakhouse experience at home is a medium rare experience and you gotta oh, you gotta take it when you can 100 percent, 100 percent. and then my number one well done <laughs> appreciate it my number one is also well done it's pizza i can go both ways here i'm not it really depends on my mood if i want it colder if i want i know it in the oven if i'm throwing sometimes sometimes obviously if it's if you're putting pizza leftovers in the freezer you gotta put it back in the oven to reheat it and i think it's great in the oven gets crispier it's fantastic reheated pizza it's as good as new better better than i know cold cheese also i love cold cheese pizza similar to mozzarella sticks the the cheese gets firm the flavor of the cheese gets heightened the sauce the it's a whole different experience cold cheese pizza i had it this past weekend gets a little softer the dough it's, 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 it's kind of got like a cheesecake dessert vibe to it a little bit. I like them both. I probably more often than not will have cold cheese over, over warmed up. It's my number one. Yeah, what I say with pizza is that you're hot and you're cold, you're yes, and you're yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Katy Perry said it best. Yeah. I, I just want, I mean, I want pizza with a mozzarella stick on top oh, yeah. with some cold steak on top. And some sushi on the side. 
Take away the sushi and the steak, and I'm, I'm all on board. Choo-choo. This train's leaving the station. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say. This may, might have been our our best top nine ever. I agree. I think pizza is literally like, especially if you're going to a slice shop, you're literally having leftover pizza. They're making the pies, then they're just putting it out there, and then they're reheating it for you. So it's like it's already leftover, which means that it's it's ideal. Like it, it's it's hard to it's hard to get a fresh pie unless you're ordering a whole pie. Yeah, and pizza's pizza's ideal. And when you have a fresh slice, like I'm thinking, like uh, you know Joe's Pizza. Yeah. I feel like it's almost always fresh there because they're almost always like it's so there's such Turning high volume that you're always having fresh, and it's really good. But it's almost a different thing. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a little flop here. It's not as firm sometimes. It needs some time to settle. If you have it too hot, the cheese is running off. It's like a lava. It gets a little too yeah, oily. Yeah, it needs the time to settle. I mean, it's like when you're just moved into a, a house or an apartment and you're like, well, this is a great space and I'm excited to be here, but maybe I should take a second and install some window shades. Yeah, settle down. <laughs> this was a phenomenal top nine. Yeah. I think we really covered 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 our bases. I think we covered the whole fridge. I'm going to now read newly engaged Phil Jackson's predictions of your predictions of your top nine. You know what Zen it is. Master. If you haven't listened to the pod, if it's your first episode, welcome. But if you need to know what we're talking about, we have people in our lives predict our top nines. And this is one of my favorite segments. Phil Jackson, newly engaged. I mean, you know, he writes these unbelievable intros. So he's Phil Jackson, but to me, call him Phil Froth. Phil Froth. Phil Jackson writes, just as we forget about the true titan in the kitchen, this week's list reminds us of the refrigerator's prowess, a reference to our top nine kitchen items episode. While our sweet-footed comedian artisan loves his food fresh, I know he appreciates what leftovers can do for the yummy yummy in his tummy. <laughs> leftovers have the unique ability to shine in ways that don't even make much scientific sense. We all know that Turkey Day is right around the corner, and a nice leftover morning concoction is just what the doctor ordered. So without further ado, here are my predictions for what Jess is heating up later on. <laughs> He's got lasagna. Wow, that was I as a revision. I had lasagna as my number nine last second and put meatballs and marinara. I just don't have enough lasagna. And I don't make lasagna. It's a great, great pick by Phil. I, I just edged it out. Then he's got Mama Rita's brisket. Oh, he risked it! And he got the brisket! <laughs> PJ! <laughs> he's got pizza. Bang! Numero uno! Pizza Uno. Lo mein noodles. I had that also. That's my Chinese food. Hero style sandwiches. It's a real good one. I, I, yeah. When you like, if there's like a catered situation for whatever, and then there happens to be like leftovers, it's, it reminds you of the good times that were had. I'll, <laughs> I'll take it any day. That's, that's a good one. I, I think the bread gets a little soggy there, but I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. Wings. Sounds I didn't like, even think about that. Sounds like he I wants love a, wings. Sounds like he wants a second date with wings. <laughs> I can't. I can't argue wings. I love wings. I, I'm just never. 
I'm always finishing the wings I get, so I'm not really having much leftovers. Yeah, I agree. That's one where it's like you're dedicated to eating the whole thing. Yeah. Then he's got bonus. This category is hard, but I think Jesse likes a nice steak leftover with his eggs on a Sunday morning. Boom. Boom sauce. Beautiful. 100%. It's my number two, steak. Then he says, Brazon, Philip Hughes Jackson. Love that. Phil Philip Hughes, ex-Yankee pitcher. Congrats again, Phil. Great predictions. No big whiffs there. Really strong outing by you. And he, and he had a lot on his plate himself this weekend, so thanks for making the time to make some leftover predictions. That's right. Shout out to Phil Jackson. Shout out to Pat. Shout out. <laughs> wow, Pat hasn't got a shout out in a while. Shout out, Pat. So Kate's come in with some hot predictions. Very strong here. Here we go. Number one, she knew it. I knew it. She got definitely sushi, exclamation mark, with the parentheses. You and everyone else will hate this one. <laughs> Which I do hate. I just she, think, she's... you know, everyone, it, I feel like every, uh, not every podcast or book or self-help thing, it's like, you got to open your mind. You got to think about the world in other ways. Just have sushi for breakfast one day and your mind will be changed. I don't think so. But maybe no, I'll open up a goes, maybe I'll open up a breakfast sushi place. I was I was thinking you should do that and then you might go bankrupt after a week. <laughs> you can get I, I could see like the New York Times critic like writing like a huge <laughs> slanderous review of like calling you a maniac. <laughs> like every sushi like restaurant like disassociating hey could be a revolution never know probably not though and then she goes for ziti or some kind of cheesy pasta dish yeah you she said that was she said that was on hers and it would have been on mine but mac and cheese it's similar a cousin of mac and cheese cheesy pasta dish i'll consider it that she's got steak bang. bingo roasted chicken bang and then pizza bingo bango. bingo bango no, no whiffs. I mean, she she uh, she lives with me, so she sees what I eat left over. Right. Has she ever dabbled or even tried, experimented on the uh, breakfast sushi? I don't know. Good for her. And that that's a testament to. I think just I think how this one insane it is. I think this one was tough for her because she sees what I eat, but I'll eat literally any leftover. I don't. <laughs> there's pretty much no leftover that I don't eat. So there's nothing left when you have leftovers. No, there's nothing. There's no remainder. And by remainder, I mean something left over. The remainder is zero. Remainders Holmvik from nice. Workaholics from the beginning of the episode. Love that. You can't beat that. Gorgeous. You got an ad this week? My ad this week is just uh, to support our Patreon. I know how much everyone loves listening to podcasters talk about their Patreon. So I'm going to talk about it even more. Give us a subscribe. We got two different tiers, $3 or $6 a month. We got a new episode called Off Menu where we go out for a meal and, and look at a menu, analyze it, argue about it. I think it's going to get better and better. I'm excited about it. If you like raised bits, you're going to love our Patreon. We really support if you supported us. That's it. That's it. We got a question this week that I didn't tell you about. Oh, boy. It's not really a, a controversial question, okay. but this is from Salt's Bay of Pigs Invasion, is what the Sprayback wants to go by. And they say, 
if you it wasn't it was i think initially if you didn't the question was initially if you didn't live in your neighborhood in new york city where would you live but i'm gonna make the executive decision to say because a lot of that like the factors are like money and a lot of different stuff so i would say i'm gonna rephrase the question from salt bay of pigs invasion to say what do you think the most underrated new york city neighborhood is Ooh, that's a great question have you thought about this you want you want to go first do you want to go first? I don't. No, I, I need a second to think about it's it. It's a really hard question, and I feel like I have 17 different answers. Yeah. My, a na- I said like a neighborhood that I like going to every time I go to, and I feel like I don't go to enough is Flushing. And Ooh. really just to eat, that's really all like, I mean, I guess City Field is also in Flushing. But I feel like the combination of like, amazing food and also like the park like that queen's museum i went to a wedding once in that flushing meadows park and there's a museum in there and the park itself is like a really cool park it has city field i just think it's a it's a neighborhood that every time i go there i'm like i really like going here and i should go more there also is in flushing a badminton club or group or something uh, and I've been like looking to play badminton, but it's like pretty far. It's like you got to take the subway to the last stop, and then you got to walk twenty minutes. Right. So it's it's pretty far. Flush is a great neighborhood. I, I live like a, it's like a fifteen minute Uber, and it, but if I if I took the subway, it's still like forty minutes from Astoria. But I, I feel it's a very untapped area that I haven't really explored enough. I've I've gone to a bunch of different restaurants. But the, the downtown Flushing is pretty. It's pretty hectic. It's it's pretty, it's it's very very busy. It's like a lot of yeah, and there's a lot of like going out places, right? I'm not sure. I'm it's never like really hotel rooftops and stuff. I know there's like a whole newer area with like I mean I guess I don't know what it's up to like what's happening now, but like newer hotels and like some rooftop things happening. I believe it could no, be wrong. I have no idea. But, yeah, it's a whole new world. That's a good one. Yeah, white I, white bear is uh i think the best dumplings it's a very it's a very like well-known place but it's like a just like a small dumpling shop and just like unbelievable i've probably talked about them on the pod they're number six it's like it is out of this world worth worth dedicating your entire day just to have the dumplings. oh yeah i've had the best soup dumplings ever in flushing zhao long bao so many different soup dumpling places that are unbelievable yeah I would say, to me, the most underrated place that I would want to live would probably be Greenpoint, Brooklyn. I've been to a bunch. Every time I'm there, I find it very cool. I like the... It's got a similar energy to Astoria, but more... Uh, it feels younger, like a, more of a younger vibe than Astoria. Very hip, very up-and-coming, but still like at a slower pace than Manhattan. Uh, a lot of diff- cool different music and comedy venues cool park just feels like it's not busy at all which i'm looking for in a neighborhood probably go with greenpoint that's a good one we've on and off thought about maybe moving there the issue is that it is a little expensive for it's i think it's a little expensive for not really being on you're not on a subway line directly to manhattan so transportation is a bit of a issue i think yeah. But otherwise, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good food. Good vibe. I think what exactly what you said it used to be yeah. traditionally it was a Polish neighborhood, 
and there's still a, a Polish section, although it's, you know, kind of been gentrified out a little bit, which, you know, it's a complicated situation, but yeah, I think it's a, I, every time we're there, I have a great time. Really nice. like, uh, you ever go to Polly G's, that, uh, pizza place? Never been there, but I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube. It's very good. Place. It's really good. And that guy, Polly G himself is a character. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, sure. I'll, I'll take your word. He's a funny guy. Are you talking, my elementary school principal is named Polly G. Really? Yeah. I called him Big Polly. Not not to his face in my in my head. Paulie D from the Jersey Shore also. Yeah. Okay. I you know Paul Bennett, comedian. Yeah. Super nice guy, good comedian. Paulie I B. I um in lineups whenever I would like write the shows at the Lantern and he was on a show, I would write uh, DJ Paulie B. And the <laughs> nice. first time I did it, he like he went inside and then he like came to me and he was like I thought I was on the show. And I said, you are, and I, I pointed to him, and he's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Great question from uh, Invasion of Bay of Pigs. Bay of Invasion. Bay of Salt Invasion. Bay of Salt Salt Bay of Pigs. Salt Bay of Pigs Invasion. Very nice. Want to go into Zeta QAB? Let's do it. I'll lead off. Please. So Kate and I have started doing, we're going to start doing a, now that we're going to probably be locked down or whatever, we're not going to be able to do much stuff in the winter, it seems like. We're going to do a, every week or so, one of us is going to show, like we're going to watch a movie that one of us liked that the other one hasn't seen. Love that. So for me, you know that I, I've only seen like four movies, so I'm only yeah. going to have like two movies to pick. But we did th this past weekend we did the first one of this and we watched my, my best friend's wedding have you seen this who's in that it's julia roberts and um carmen diaz no i don't think so and the main guy so i i don't know if i'll do the plot justice but julia roberts is like in love with this guy but they haven't seen each other for a while, but they were like really good friends. They dated for a little bit, but they said, you know, and this was in 1997. This shows how old it is. They said, if, if we're single at age 28, we'll get married. Oh, I, I, I think I've seen this. I didn't, I didn't realize that they were said 28. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, it's wild. And there's a few like wild things about it. That's like, oh, this was a long time ago. That's one of them. But so he's engaged to Carmen Diaz, who is 20 years old. And like, just like you're supposed, you initially think that you're not going to like her, but she ends up being like a pretty likable, nice person. Um, so basically, Julia Roberts and Carmen Diaz are fighting over this guy who's played by Dermot Mulroney. Do you know who he is? Don't think so. I didn't really know who he was either. But the point of this is, is that they were Julia Roberts and Carmen Diaz are fighting over this guy basically, and he has nothing to offer. He, like, it It was one of those things where sometimes, like, to Kate, I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm like, I see why you chose me because all these people out here are, you know, ridiculous. And, like, all I have to do is just, like, not do anything and I look better by comparison to other people is what I think sometimes. Other times I'm like, I don't have any confidence in myself. But, you know, it's like a back and yeah. forth. 
But I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, oh, if this is what I was compared to, like if this is what people were watching growing up, all you have to do is just not be like a idiot asshole <laughs> and you're golden. Is he, was he a stud? Is he like a good looking guy? Not really. He's fine looking. He's not particularly great looking. And his whole thing is like he's like a magazine sports writer, but he doesn't seem like he's particularly nothing leads you to believe he's like good at it. And other than that, that's his like only thing. He like he's like very flirty, but it's like all kind of I wouldn't say it's creepy, but I just don't I don't see it. I don't see why these two, you know, beautiful women are fighting over this guy has nothing to offer that's wild it goes into the theme of i don't want girls dating assholes i never really understood but he's not even he's not even like a convincing asshole but is is he playing an asshole the best character in the movie is paul giamatti as like a small cameo i guess before he was paul giamatti he was way better i would marry paul giamatti i love paul and g i love his pizza place sin paul G. Paul Giamatti is a great actor. Have you ever seen the movie he was in? It's the wine movie. The name is escaping me. All they do is drink wine. I don't think so. It's fantastic. Anyway, for the Brazerbacks who have seen My Best Friend's Wedding, I imagine they'll know what I'm talking about, but I just found it questionable at best that this was the person that was being fought over. I feel like there's way better candidates. Interesting. I gotta check it out. I gotta peep it. It's also wild, just the, the premise of we're not married by 28. Yeah, I guess. We'll get, we'll get married. That was, it was the 90s. Yeah. My, my, is that a QAB, Lance? You're not going to like it. I've been sitting on this. I've been feeling, it's been, it's been, it's been getting worse and worse as, as it gets colder out. Uh-oh. It's daylight savings. It's, it's, it's getting dark at 445. It's getting pitch dark at five o'clock. I don't, I've never had seasonal depression. I never really, I never understood. I understood it, but I never never happened to me. Probably because for the past forty years I've been doing stand up at, at night. So when it gets dark out, I'll, I'll just be indoors. But now that we don't have shows at night consistently, or probably not at all during this winter, it's getting dark at four thirty. Why? Well, it doesn't make any sense. Why? Why can't? Why just push back the clocks? Don't push back the clocks. Let me get some more lightness. It's not even seven o'clock right now, and I feel like it's midnight. I can't handle this. It's, it's too cold. It's too dark. I'm not saving any light. It's by the time it gets dark out, I feel the day is over. I lose all my energy. It's, I'm usually a night guy. I usually come alive at nighttime. It's when I can do my best everything: writing, cooking. I have, I'm at my peak. I feel like I don't have any peak anymore. A little peek into my blinders. My blinders are, are open. I don't know, Lance. Daylight saving stinks. But if you're a night guy, then wouldn't you like this? I'm, I'm a night guy when I have more of the day to, to get into the night. I'm, I, I like I like having a fuller day so that I appreciate the night. I feel like I don't have enough daytime to appreciate. I don't I don't follow. The nighttime's coming too early. The night is the night is I feel like it's starting at three p.m. By the time I'm I'm all adjusted and, and ready to attack the night. I didn't get a chance to enjoy the day. So you're saying the current situation is just like a horror movie with all this M. Night Shyamalan. Exactly. I don't know. I mean, it's it's the same thing every year. 
it shouldn't be a surprise. Move to Florida. This year, because of COVID and because of quarantine, we're not able to do stuff at nighttime. You mean uh, you mean COVID-19? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I, I, I don't know why. I just see, it feels like this year, the, it getting darker early is affecting me much more than it ever had. I feel like I never noticed it. Yeah, I mean, I, there is something like if you want to go outside, like if you're working during the day and you can't really go outside, and then the workday's over and you want to go outside, it's dark. So right. there is that element that's a little unique, I think, if you're working from home and you're not, you know, like your people, every, everyone's, no matter if what you, you know, what you do, your routine is interrupted. Um, I, I feel that a little bit, but at the same time. It's so nice in the summer when the sun sets at like 8.15. I like, know, but this, this is, this is, this is the earth. <laughs> yeah, but we can change it. We can change no, we can't. We got to respect, we got, this is the problem. We can't solve every problem that, like, the more we solve problems that get us further away from, like, our, not even our DNA, but, like, our circadian rhythm and all that, we're just going to be more miserable. Like, like, Instagram solves, what's problem does it solve? Not being able to see, what does it solve? Whatever. But it doesn't make, like, the, the further away we get from the natural rhythms, I think the worse off will end up being. It doesn't feel natural though for it to get dark at four forty-five. It feels like, very it's natural. Nighttime. It's the afternoon. It's the most natural. The natural. It's not the natural to me. Four forty-five is like it's mid-afternoon. It should it should not be dark out. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Oh, I guess I got to recruit you to work on my farm, where we wake up at sunrise. I might become a farm boy. I, I, I you just wake I up. Start when, getting up super yeah, early. Yeah, you just so wake wake up early. Yeah, I mean, this is again, this is something though, and you're right because this is something that I wouldn't be able to do in comedy times because you're going to sleep at twelve thirty every night or whatever. Yeah. But I wake up now at like six thirty. The sun's just rising, so I get all the sun, and it's a great start to the day. Here comes the sun. Son of a gun. I gotta get start getting up earlier. I, I don't get up that late. I get up at like eight thirty nine ish, nine thirty, the latest. Yeah, yeah. I see the sun. I say you're one of my favorite players on Tottenham. There we go. There you go. Sun crisps, sun chips. Ooh, sun chips, sun crisps sound good too. That does sound good. Let's let's open up a breakfast sushi and sun crisp store. I love it. Want to bring in the closer? Let's do it. Do you want to do it? I'll do it. I'm pretty fired up. A one, a two. One, two, three, four. Pretty fired up here, Lance. You got anything to plug, promote? Just, just the Patreon. Uh, you know, we're just trying to grow. We're trying to, you know, in this life, you got to be a salesperson, whether you like it or not. I hate it, but it's what you do. And I believe in I do. believe in our Patreon. I think we got some good stuff to offer. We also want to use the money to like make the pod better. So, you know, after like when we start doing it in person, we take the camera, we film it, we put it on, we do a film pod. You know, we talk about film, Steven Spielberg pod. We. <laughs> What else do people do? We we get, do like a like a funny studio, 
right. we get like chef costumes. We right. start producing videos. Like we're gonna use the money to create flavors and bits. We're gonna take the money and put it back into the pod. Support the Patreon supporting us. Those are a couple of shekels. We'll make it worth. It'll pay out dividends. It's just Patreon.com/slash/BraiseBits. We're gonna take the money and run. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's all I got too. Thank you for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. Jesse really appreciates you listening. I do too, I guess. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, We'll see you next week. Everybody have a great week. And that's all I got. Same here. Happy and healthy to everybody. Peace. 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 I I always forget that you're like a long piece. I'm usually a long piece. I got a long piece. (laughs) Yeah.